Discipleship Project in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's anticipate God showing us some great things as we open up our Bibles and study His Word in the name of Jesus. It's got to be according to the Bible, folks. That's what we want to... We don't want to settle for anything less in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. What a wonderful time in the Lord that we've had here tonight so far in Jesus' name. It's been exciting and we are believing that God is doing the same thing in your households that he is doing here in our midst as well where two or three are gathered we believe that God is there in the midst in Jesus name and so we're believing that in your households even if you're by yourself right now God is there with you his angels are here his angels are there in your household in Jesus name these things are happening because we serve a mighty God who can be all over at once in Jesus name and it's an incredible thing but before we begin this I would like you to uh, take the hands of your family members that are there with you I understand the youth are in a different service and they are, are doing something different but anybody that's with you I ask that you take their, their hand tonight and let's pray together as families Thank let's you, pray Jesus. for our households let's pray for God's blessings upon this study tonight that he would open our hearts let's just let him begin to dissect some things inside of our lives in Jesus name so Lord God we come before you Lord Jesus we are binding right now, together in, in Jesus, agreement Lord, and in unity tonight grace. Jesus that in we every one of these households mercy. that are here before us God righteousness. Lord, that you would pour into every in one of them, of God. Jesus, Lord, we're believing that you will strengthen right these families, God. That you right will allow the leadership name. to come Hallelujah. forward, God. To speak of your great name, oh, God, inside of these houses, God. Tonight, Lord, Lord God, that for that those who do not have open, the Holy Lord, Ghost, God, we are believing, oh, Lord, Hallelujah. that you will fill with the Holy Ghost, God. Lord, that we will speak in other thank tongues, you, God, as you fill us with your wonderful spirit tonight, God. And Lord, I thank you for what you are doing for every one of these families, God, the strength that you have brought them during this time, God, the strength to fight back against these things that are around them. And Jesus, we believe in your authority tonight, God, that it is there and it is upon every house tonight. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. Let's praise his name one more time together and just thank him for how great he is in Jesus' name. Lord God, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, we praise your mighty name for being so wonderful, so glorious above all. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And we give glory to you alone, Jesus, tonight for what is going to happen here in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Again, thank you for being here with us tonight in Jesus' name. We have had uh, some interesting times these past few weeks, and I absolutely do miss every one of you as well as the Carnahans do also, but we are believing um, that God is, is working through this time, and He is uh, doing some things that maybe we would have never explored if we would not be going through this time together in Jesus' name. And so, Tonight, we are uh, going to dive into this lesson, but before we do that, I have a few quick announcements here uh, just to, to go through with this. And so, uh, if you are, are new to these lessons or this is your first time tonight, again, you can go to our website, uh, GilletteAbundantLife.com, and there's a tab that says Online Viewing, and under that, uh, there is a Downloads area, and you can download the lesson tonight and fill in the blanks and participate actively in this lesson. There's also questions in there that I will be asking and, and asking for some responses, whether you're on Facebook or, or YouTube, to respond to uh, these places, and I will see them here in Jesus' name, and so we're thankful for that, but I encourage you to go there and download that. Um, there, there was one thing that I did want to briefly address, though, and, and uh, we had a sister in the church just ask me about it, and so I said that I was going to bring it up tonight, because I think that it's, it's something that pertains to all of us. I know that um, the state of Wyoming, we have heard that the, the CDC is sending people to our state, and that is it's true. They are sending people to our state. In our community, for whatever reason, typical human beings have came up with all sorts of rumors about many, many things, and, and I have to tell you and, and maybe encourage you in this that just be careful where you are being fed information. So yes, the CDC is coming to our city, or not to our city, but to our state, and uh, there's a possibility they could come to our city, but they are here strictly to try to help our state, to try to help uh, mitigate uh, any outbreaks of, of the and that sort of thing. They are here to ultimately help and not for some of these crazy ideas that the community is stating out there. And so I would just encourage you, 
that if these things seem to be getting a little bit overwhelming or maybe uh, the rumors and and you're just panicked every day and and worried about these things, maybe consider turning off the Facebook and the news media and all of those things for a few days and just completely shutting them off and turning to the Word of God and allowing that to be the thing that feeds you uh, during that time because it's not something that's going to be wavering or causing you to question, but it's going to be an encouragement and something that will strengthen you. And I am so thankful that here in America we have these blessings that we do. I know that there has been criticisms towards our government, towards the federal government, towards all these different places. I don't want to be somebody who's participating in that. I'm thankful for our government, things that they have provided for every single one of us. Today, I got a paycheck in my, my account, and I didn't even have to work uh, for that. That paycheck deposited in my account, as many of you probably got from our federal government. Uh, I, I mean, it's amazing. And, and there's other countries around us in the world that do not have that opportunity where they're going to have these funds and these finances to help them through dire times like this. I know that this is something that is completely strange for all of us and hard for, for many different people. But in all reality, we still have it pretty good. We, we still have some, some good things there. And I'm thankful that God has blessed us that way. But, but we can pray and we need to pray for these other countries also. I, I know... Um, I've seen on some of the live streams some people from these other countries crying out and saying, hey, will you please pray for us because we don't have any food. We, we are basically non-existent. We have people dying and going through these different tragic in some of these places in the world. And so thankfully, even though we have to do services online, we still have this ability. We still have the ability to feel God in many different areas, and I'm thankful for that in Jesus' name. And so I did want to clarify that. Just a couple more uh, brief announcements. If you didn't see the text today, um, our podcast, we used to stream through an app called Podbean. And if you have downloaded that app to listen to our podcast, we will no longer have our podcast on Podbean. So if you have that app, you will have to delete it and go to our website. And on our website, you can find all the different places streaming to. So we stream to Apple and to a place called Anchor. And there's actually six different podcasts uh, we are streaming to now. And the reason we made that switch is that it's free now. Um, So why not save some some funding for the church and things like that and go through a free route uh, that is much uh, more, uh, you know, community and, and intuitive and that sort of thing. So if you want to be a part of our podcast, every one of these services are uploaded there after the service, and you can go back and listen to that in Jesus' name. And so along with that, for your young people, your youth, um, I encourage you, every day there is a, uh, on the, the National Youth uh, Facebook page, there is a youth devotional of uh, somebody coming out and just speaking for three minutes encouraging our young people. So I encourage you to go and watch those. Um, On the 29th, there may be uh, an appearance there from myself, uh, which will be pretty cool. I'm excited to do that um, for the youth department. And not only that, but May 1st, if you didn't see the slides before church, uh, we will be having a youth service for our district. Michael Thomas, who is the director of promotions youth will be speaking to us on that on uh, through a live stream so i encourage you to be there it will be an awesome time even though it's for young people it's it's really for young adults and young people but uh if you're an adult you are welcome to be there i'm sure you will glean something from it um just the 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 live i guess uh, liveliness of of the youth and uh, what they have there so i encourage you to participate in all these things that we have going and uh in jesus name we believe that he is going to do good things so Let's see here. Um, oh, um, somebody's, they're saying that the audio is blinking on and off. So I might just have to switch microphones again. Sorry, I'm not paying attention. All right, there we go. All right, we'll switch microphones back to this one. So I appreciate you all letting us know that because in here it sounds perfectly fine. So um, we will go with this, this microphone here in Jesus' name and continue down these lessons. So tonight we are continuing with these lessons about finding the favor of God. And we absolutely want to participate in finding the favor of God because when you are in the favor of God, it it is something that is completely different than anything you have ever experienced before. If there's anybody on this stream tonight that you have never experienced God or who he is or what he can do uh, for you, I encourage you to do so. And if there's anybody here who has never truly found the favor of God, I would encourage you to seek that out and search it out because when you get in the favor of God, 
things really begin to change and transition in your life around you. You begin to see God's blessings upon your life. And then in times like this, you can still hold a smile. And people may ask you why you were smiling in, in times like this. But you can say, you know what, I have faith in something that is much larger than, than, than just this uh, person that I have here or the circumstances that I am involved in. In. And so we're going to continue to decipher this with Noah and his story. And I know that we've been speaking a lot about him, but we will conclude with him next week in Jesus' name. And so we are going to uh, turn in, in Genesis chapter 7, and we're going to go to verses 15 and 16 here. And so by going through these slides, you'll see here that we're going to be speaking today about the old gospel ship and what that means to us and what it meant to Noah. So Genesis chapter 7 and verse 15 says this, And they went in unto Noah into the ark, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And it continues to say, And they went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. If you remember last week, Noah was out there and, and he uh, had built this ship over many, many years. And as he built this, this big boat, God brought these animals to him who were going to be saved from this massive flood that was going on. And this is what this scripture is speaking about, these animals walking two and two into this boat. Now, I've had the question many different times of how could all of the animals fit into Noah's Ark? And I'm not going to try to stand here and explain this to you because I am not somebody who is a, a, an animal uh, you know, scientist type thing or uh, you know, knows the exact dimensions of the boat and where it could fit what and that sort of thing. But, but the fact is that they were able to accomplish this, that it was able to be done. And the reason we know that is because we trust in the Word of God, and the Word of God says that it happened in Jesus' name. So we believe and we have faith in that authority of the Word of God. So let's listen to this story uh, with this faith that we have here in Jesus' name. It says, Noah walked through the ark one last time, making sure that all the animals and provisions were loaded. For the last seven days, he and his family had watched in amazement as every kind of land animal came voluntarily to the vessel and gendered pairs. It was a miracle and the animals didn't fight with each other and instead walked up the ramp in a peaceful and orderly fashion. It took a week just to load the boat, and now everything was ready. Noah's family joined him on the ark and then watched a second miracle as the massive door on the side of the ark closed and sealed itself without their help. The family knew it was God who closed the boat door, and that moment they had been waiting for had arrived. For the few minutes, the ship was quiet, and it seemed like every creature was holding its breath, waiting for something to happen. Now what? Noah thought to himself, but then it started. The loudest thunder Noah had ever heard rumbled across the plains, and lightning crackled in the sky. The heavens boomed with the sound of crashing clouds, and then the rains came. No, not little drops of water, but a torrential downfall and water poured from the sky, pounding the roof of the ark so fast that it became a constant roar. But next, an earthquake shook the vessel as underwater springs came bursting from the ground. Geysers erupted all over the earth as fountains of the deep broke open and released their water. And it was as if a dam had burst worldwide. And water rushed everywhere, both from the sky and the ground. The ark started creaking and groaning as it was lifting off of the ground. And everything inside could feel the movement as the ship rocked back and forth. Noah looked through the gap between the roof line and the upper deck wall of the ark, and the sky was black with storm clouds, and in every direction, violent swirling waves crashed together. The world was an angry ocean. By day three, life on the boat settled into rhythm. Each morning and early evening, Noah's family made a complete round through the ark, checking all the animals making sure they were fed and secure in their stalls. Maintaining this floating zoo was now a full-time job, and outside the storm, noise had died down, but the, second, or the sound of rain pattered on the roof continually. Forty days, the rain never stopped for 40 days, and when the sound of rain finally ceased, all creatures on the boat noticed, and Noah knew God's righteous anger was abated, and once again, he looked through the gap on the roof line. No longer were the waters swirling in chaos, but it was the surface was calm. However, there was no land in sight. In every direction, there was nothing but water from 
the ark to the horizon. So, with this here, we have learned that Noah faced a huge challenge in Jesus' name. And I was just looking at the comments here. That's what kind of briefly distracted me. So, it must be sounding okay for everybody. The destruction that Noah and his family witnessed is hard to imagine if you begin to think about this. You're living in a world where there's many people around you and tents and cities and markets going and, and, and places that are, are, are just, uh, I mean, you see a normal city going on around Noah and you see these places where he could walk and he could buy food and there would be people talking. But there was also a very disgusting sense of immorality inside of this time as well, But for no one in his family to be locked inside of that ark, we can't imagine what it would have been like to hear the people around wanting to get on the boat at that particular time. The ones who had laughed and who had scoffed at Noah and they weren't able to get on this boat because it had been sealed by God and it was no longer accessible, but only to Noah and his family. It's hard to imagine what Noah truly went through in this particular circumstance. But we see in Scripture here, and we've read this before, we know that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord in Genesis 6 and 8, that he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And so God, we have learned, favors those who choose righteousness and who choose commitment. Those who choose righteousness that want to live rightly unto God and those who are committed unto living rightly for him. But tonight we're going to learn about a third thing that draws the favor of God unto us. And it was one thing that drew the favor of God unto Noah. And it was this, that God favors those who obey him. God favors those who obey him. The reason Noah's family was spared from this, this huge uh, waterfall that, that came down and, and began to encirculate the earth, the reason they were spared from that is because they were willing to obey God and listen to what God was telling them. When God spoke to Noah and said there is a flood that is about to come and you need to build a boat, or even before that time when God just told Noah you need to build a boat, Noah didn't sit there and question God and say, well, I don't know if I should do that because that's kind of the uncool thing and man, I could be doing a million other things right now. No, he immediately jumped on that bandwagon and immediately began to build that boat and obey the things that God was asking him to do. Now, this isn't saying that we become some puppet for God or we only just act out because God is controlling us in every sense, but we do this because God asks certain things of us. And if we want to get to a place where we are seeing salvation in our lives and where we're seeing the favor of God, we must begin to obey him and the scriptures that he has set before us and the scriptures that he presents to us in order to find his favor. Now, this is uh, emphasized two times in scripture, and I'll, I'll bring up both of these scriptures here, where Noah clearly found the favor of God because of his obedience. We see the first one here in Genesis 6 and 22. It says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Uh, that, that scripture's uh, pretty plain as day. It's saying that Noah heard what God was asking him to do, and he began to do it in Jesus' name. That he heard the words that God was speaking to him, and he began to, to act upon those words that God was speaking to him immediately. And if we go to Genesis 7 and 5, it says this, And Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. It says it two times in the book of Genesis, two times that the scripture is drawn out in a short period here where it's saying that Noah did what God asked him to do. And it begins to show the significance for us as Christians that if we are to live for God, if we're going to do what he, he wants us to do, if we're going to find his favor, then we must begin to obey what he has asked us to do. And it really isn't that complicated or super controlling of our lives. It's not something that completely takes over us and says there's no more of this or that, but it just begins to put principles inside of our lives that help our lives become something that is so much greater in Jesus' name. And, and one of those principles, I'll mention it because we sang about it tonight, is the principle of baptism. And we're going to speak about that here in a little bit tonight. But this story, when we're reading through it tonight, I want you to think about that, that this resembles something close to baptism 
in Jesus' name, that it's actually a type and a shadow of baptism that would come later on inside of the scripture. And so we'll get into that, but I just wanted to throw that out there, that that is one of the places that we can obey scripture, and it's very easy to obey, that God has clearly said in the New Testament that you must be baptized in his name, and that that is a requirement that he has asked us to do. It's very simple, and so we say, thank you, Jesus. You have given me that commandment, so I want to be baptized in Jesus' name, and, and we will willingly give you a Bible study, whether it's over Zoom, and if you haven't been baptized, we can get you in here and get you baptized. We can stay under the, the state requirement for numbers and get you baptized in Jesus' name. It's very simple and very easy, but it's something that God is asking us to do, so we must begin to obey Him. I don't think that's something that's too complicated or too hard for us to listen to compared to building an ark in all reality. But Noah, it says this, Noah's obedience to God was the outcome of the relationship he had established long before this flood had arrived. It was the outcome of a relationship that he had been working on and moving forward with and developing with Jesus Christ. I hope that, that those of you who had been coming to church here for a long while, that you at least had enough of a relationship with God, that when this thing happened, it wasn't a panic mode of, man, I need to all of a sudden scramble and begin to feed myself, and how am I going to, to, to get this from God, and this from God, and this from God? I, I hope and pray that that wasn't the case for, for you all on this call, but I have to say that unfortunately, somewhere in our world, that there was somebody out there who was just kind of going through the motions and wasn't really willing to to dive into the things that Jesus had offered them. And unfortunately, when the storm began to happen inside of a world, it caused a bit of a panic in their lives because they did not know or have that relationship with God that might should have been there in that place in Jesus' name. But what I can tell you tonight is that if you are in that place, if you are in that panicked mode or maybe a little fearful or maybe not understanding God or knowing where he is at, you can find that tonight in Jesus' name. You can reach out and you can touch him. You can begin to obey him tonight right from this very service to find his favor inside of your life. And that is an exciting thing that just like Noah got a word from God, tonight you can get a word from God and you can begin to take steps towards learning who he is. It's very simple. You can just begin to lift your hands and say, God, I want to know you tonight. And I want to understand who you are. And I want to know about your presence, this thing that he is speaking about here tonight in this service. You can begin to pray those things so that tomorrow when more rumors begin to come out and more of these other things begin to circulate on the news and media, we don't have to begin to panic instantly, but we can say, man, I have a God and he's a pretty good God. And I just met him last night, but I have faith and confidence in what he is doing through this circumstance in Jesus' name. You can begin to have that faith here tonight inside of your household in Jesus name and so it's an incredible thing that we can have here when we begin to obey him and so it says this that obedience is demonstrated and it's not simply professed and we have spoke this over and over and over again in, in these lessons and lessons before this that it's demonstrated and it's not simply professed that we can stand here and we can say something or proclaim something in our household, but if we leave and we truly don't continue to obey or listen to what God has given to us, then it just begins to fall away and fade out of our lives. The biblical picture of a loving God is not the verbal proclamation of I love you, but rather it is found in obedience. It's an incredible thing that our God didn't just say I love you to all of mankind or these places around here that he, he makes his love available, but he actually enrobed himself on fle in flesh. And we learned about this this last Sunday that he came down here and he was willing to die on a cross and go through a brutal beating and, and absolutely demonstrate to us that he loved us, that he was willing to go through absolute torture and pain and stuff that we couldn't even understand for every single one of us. So God has shown us that it's not just through his words, but he was willing to obey his own words as well, that he keeps his promises, he keeps his blessings. And so he's also asking us that if we are going to proclaim something, then we begin to step out on it in faith as well in Jesus' name. That if we are going to say that, man, I'm going to love my neighbor as myself, that we don't just throw spitwads over the fence at our neighbor, but man, maybe we invite him over for a barbecue or we begin to do something that begins to impact our neighborhoods and these things around us. That we begin to take action upon what he has asked us to do 
in Jesus' name. Or the baptism, when we hear about that, we begin to step into those places. And so God is here, and we don't want to put anything else between us and Him, but we want to know that obedience is a good thing in Jesus' name. And so think about these two people and what they said. Moses' final speech to the people before his death, he uh, made multiple appeals to love God by carefully obeying his, 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 his commands that he had given to them. Joshua, he repeated the same emphasis to the people to love God with your obedience. Two strong men inside of the Bible saying that we must love God. The way that we love God and we, we try to desire his favor is by obeying him and listening to what he has for us in Jesus' name. And so let me ask you this question here tonight. I'm going to have you answer the second part of this, but have you ever encountered people who profess a love for God, but their actions do not align with scripture? How does this make you feel? I want you to answer that second part of how does this make you feel when you encounter somebody who professes a love for God, but their action does not align with, with Scripture. And we're not here to pick on people or anything, so please don't mention names or uh, you know, take somebody in your post. Please don't do that tonight. But, but just how does that make you feel when, when you know that somebody professes this love for God, but there is just no demonstration behind it? And so I'll give you a second here to answer this. I know uh, earlier Facebook was being extremely slow. I think there's many churches that are live streaming to it tonight, and so it took a while for it to come up and show these things. And so um, I just want to uh, allow you all to participate. I know you can't be here with us in service, and so we want to give you a chance to, to speak out and, and say some things. And um, I'm thankful for the conversations that you have with one another, even before service on here, of just inviting one another. Sister Strom says, uh, disappointed, absolutely. I, I think we, we all could agree with that phrase. Sister Carnahan, it makes me feel like they need more knowledge of all that Scripture requires of us. Once they know and then choose to not obey, then I feel like they are hearers only. Absolutely. Sister Fitzner, upset. Sister Rowe, disappointed and embarrassed, especially if they profess to be a Christian. Sometimes I'm shocked or amazed, Brother Wheeler said. Sister Strom, it makes me feel disappointed again. Yes, absolutely. It's so true that, that we see this over and over again. Sister Good, I feel sad for them and disappointed that uh, people in the world around them will see this and have a wrong view of what a Christian truly is. Sad for them and that they know not what they are doing. I think these things are so good. Sister McAdams, it makes uh, Scott frustrated. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it can for all of us that we're trying to show people the love of Jesus Christ and how really fulfilling it is that, 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 that being a Christian isn't just walking through the flowers and these fluffy things and all that sort of stuff and going to church and dressing nicely on Sundays and all that, but there's so much more to it that when we get in a relationship with Jesus Christ and we are filled with his Holy Ghost and we are baptized in his water and we truly begin to sense his passions and his desires, then my goodness, we want people to experience that but the only way that we can experience that is if we are willing to dive into the obedience factor of saying God I don't just want a portion of this but I want to obey whatever you give to me these principles these things that you speak to me God I want to listen to you and I want to obey them on a daily basis in Jesus name so you guys hit the nail on the head tonight so listen to this scripture here. It says this in John uh, chapter 14 and verses uh, 15. Uh, there, there's a few extra here as well. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus is speaking this. If you love me, keep my commandments. And then it goes on to say this. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that li uh, loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. He's making a strong point here. He, he's saying, let, let me read you this in, in the New English uh, translation. It says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. The person who has my commandments and obeys them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will reveal myself to him. 
I think all of us could say here tonight that we want Jesus to reveal himself to us, that we, we want to see him, we want to know his passions and his desires. And it continues on in, in uh, verse 23 here. I'm going to read this out of this language here again. It says, Jesus replied that if anyone loves me, he will obey my word and my father will love him and he will come to him and he will take up residence with him in Jesus' name. If we want Jesus in our households, this is giving us the, the, the method right here that we begin to take on his commandments. We begin to obey the things that he is asking us to do. That if there are things in our house that God has said those things should probably not be in your house, or if there's things that you've watched that he's saying you probably should not be watching that anymore, if there's things that we have listened to that we shouldn't be listening to anymore because he has asked us not to, or if there's times that we know that we need to be praying rather than doing something else that maybe isn't necessarily sinful, or if there's a time that we need to be reading our Bibles and getting into a scripture and learning about him. These are all simple obedience things. And if we want Jesus's peace and his lovingness to come inside of our households during this time, then we must begin to obey and have obedience towards him in Jesus' name. And so obedience to God's commandments is what proves that we love him. And if you want to prove that you love him, then you must be obedient to the things that he tells you in Jesus' name. Rebelling to the things that he tells you in scripture and saying, well, that does not apply to me. That is not loving him. Rebelling to the things that our pastor has spoken to us is not loving Jesus because those messages are, are coming from Scripture. Rebelling to, to, to these ideas that are taught in the Bible studies, the, the, that's not loving Jesus because we are not obeying what he has asked us to do. Now, it's all right to question some things, but if those questions continue to develop and, and go long and long and long, sometimes we have to realize we need to rise above those things and begin to obey him out of faith. I guarantee that Noah had many questions of God, why are you having me build this huge boat? Is there even any animals that are going to be able to come, God? I mean, he could have asked a million and one different things inside of that, but he didn't. He just began to obey out of faith and trust to God and what God was going to do. And so God does not need to prove his love to us by any means, but he makes his love available to everyone. And when we begin to tap into that, we will see that he is willing to reach down and touch us in Jesus' name. And so continuing forward here tonight, because this lesson does have a lot of stuff here, but obedience requires patience in, inside of our lives. Obedience requires patience. You have to think that this this, this time frame of being on this, this ocean or this wide sea and floating around for 12 and a half months, that's a long time when you think about it. We've only been in our houses for a few weeks and we're already going crazy. But Noah had to stay in his house for 12 and a half months, locked in with animals that stank and his family and arguments and all these other things that were going on. 12 and a half months that he had to do this, trusting that God was going to, to take away that water at some point in time. I don't know why, why God extended this for such a long period of time, but he did. And Noah was obedient during those times. And so this brings us to our next point here, that sometimes God asks us to do something that, cannot, or that, that can be accomplished quickly, while other assignments may take much longer. When we think about this simple task that are accomplished quickly, they do not demonstrate our obedience the way that long assignments really begin to. When God prompts us to share our testimony with someone, it does not require the same level of commitment and obedience as relocating to start a new ministry or laboring in a certain field over a lifetime just to begin to develop a few seeds inside of that city. There's differences in the kingdom of God between things that happen quickly and sometimes these things that happen over a long period of time. But it's often those things that we get into the consistent rhythm of or those things that begin to happen over a long time that, that really begin to show God that we have a passion for his deeper things. I, I've, I've appreciated our pastor's way of seeing this, that sometimes, well, he has the phrase that he just likes to let things unfold. And I agree and I understand that I think it comes from Scripture in these places as well that sometimes people right away can have a passion and a desire to do very great things, but then all of a sudden that passion and desire begins to fade when there's a little bit of resistance or maybe 
We want to go and reach the world, but a few people begin to say a few bad things and it discourages us. And we say, well, man, maybe that's not for me anymore. But it's when we begin to get our hands dirty and we begin to take steps and we begin to march forward and we say, God has given this to me, so I am going to continue to move forward in this progress in Jesus' name. It's when we begin to take steps forward that God is going to honor that and really begin to reveal some deeper things unto us in Jesus' name. And so true discipleship, if you really want to become part of this, it requires long obedience, not just short bursts. And unfortunately, I hate that I have to say this here tonight, but we know those people who have shown up for a few months inside of church and they're worshiping and they're loving God, yet they return to the world for a few months after that. And then a few months later, they're back inside of church just loving and worshiping the things of God. But then a few months later, they're back in the things of the world. And the cycle just continues over and over and over again. And my heart longs for somebody like that because they will never truly understand all that Jesus has for them. They will never truly understand the spirit that is inside of this place, the things, the deep things that God wants to reveal to them and to help them understand. And so tonight, if there's something you hear in this message, it's this, just obey the things that God is asking you to do. Stay faithful during this time. I know it's not the easiest to get on live stream, every Sunday morning and Wednesday night with your family. I know it's not the easiest to lift up your hands and worship and, and cry out and sing unto God in the midst of just a few people. It may be somewhat awkward, but keep obeying God as Noah did in faith, stepping out on the things that he knew were true and right and real. You keep doing that in your household, and I guarantee God will honor that. It, it's like this is saying that it's going to take a long obedience for some of these deep things to be revealed to you. But if you want some of those deep things, you keep showing up for church online with us in Jesus' name. You keep worshiping in Jesus' name. You keep praying and lifting up his name. You keep reading your word and doing those things that he has asked you to be obedient to. And God will demonstrate himself in the midst of that in Jesus' name. And so we must begin to move forward in those things in Jesus' name. We see that blessings that are this long way they, that sometimes something that is overlooked in these blessings is the fact of safety. You see that Noah and his family was kept very safe inside of this time because he was willing to obey God prior to this huge flood coming. Do not miss the symbolism here that Noah's family literally floated above the destruction of the world because they were obedient to God. They, they literally floated above this destruction because they were obedient to God. Genesis 7 and 18 says this, And the waters prevailed, and they were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. It goes on to say this in our lesson tonight, that when we are obedient to what God asks us to do, we are spared from many dangers and traps that the enemy of our soul puts in our path. I want to encourage somebody here tonight that Thankfully, all of us around here probably aren't significant enough to have Satan show up on our doorstep and specifically try to do something to us or a household. Now, there's certainly evil things that are out there that will come against us, and we need to resist those and fight against those. But it just shows us that he is very weak, much weaker than we give him credit for. I mean, we, we sometimes make him bigger than he really is, that it's God's job to handle him, and we don't need to be worrying about that. But a, a cool aspect to this is that if we are obedient to God, that, then we are spared from many dangers and traps that the enemy of our soul puts in our path. Now, now, I am not saying that there is a prosperity doctrine inside of this by any means. That's not what I'm saying here, because you think of somebody like Joseph who obeyed God. He, he was willing to obey God, but look at the things that he went through, being thrown in jail, being accused of, of various places. Being, uh, I mean, he, he went through all sorts of stuff. And you have to think that for that two years that he was in that jail, he had to be questioning what God had done and, and that sort of thing. But he was still obedient unto the things that God had given him. So even during tough times, we can obey God. And so if you want to keep your soul safe, then you stay obedient to his commandments. If we want to not have a worry about, am I going to go to heaven when Jesus comes back and that trumpet sounds, then we become obedient unto his commandments. And I want to remind you, it is not difficult. It is not hard. 
It's very quite simple, actually. God, you can just raise your hand and, and try to speak to him. and He will speak to you in Jesus' name. And so I want to uh, open this up here tonight again for this next question. Can you think of a time when your obedience to God kept you physically safe from harm? Can you think of a time when your obedience kept you physically safe from harm? I know that it may be hard to type out a long story, but you can just briefly say, uh, reply to something on here tonight in Jesus' name. Again, getting this interaction. I, I struggle sometimes with pausing and delaying so that we can uh, have these responses here just because of the delay of, of them coming uh, forward. But can we think of a time when God has kept us physically safe from harm or maybe some dangers that, that were out there? Um, I'm sure there's some powerful testimony here and some incredible things as well. I have to remember that when you all are posting here that uh, it's a household that is behind that name, so it's not just an individual that is um, speaking that. So Sister Strom, she says, yes, now that, that God is sparing them now. Praise the Lord. Um, from being in an accident, yes, absolutely. Um, God has, has helped in many different senses. The first six months uh, while getting sober, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I can see how that would be a tough one and how you would need Jesus in that. During a car accident, God providing safety, absolutely. Um, you all are just reminding me various times as well of the things that God does to us to help keep us safe. But I'm thankful that we have the obedience, that, that if we are obedient to him, he will do that. When I called out his name and he saved us from going over a high cliff, absolutely. Kept me from drinking and getting behind the wheel. Amen. Yes, powerful things that God can help us with in Jesus' name. And I'm thankful that he has given us the conscience, the things that help steer us away from that just by listening. And so we can become obedient and see so much more to this in Jesus' name. And so this brings us to our next point, that obedience to God's commands must become more, or it must become personal as well. Another testimony untouched by um, actual wicked curses against me and kept my family safe during all of Scott's deployments. Absolutely. God does that, and I am thankful for when we obey him, the things that begin to come as a result of that. So tonight, these things can become personal. These testimonies are awesome that you all are putting out there. But if there's somebody there saying that you, you don't have a testimony like this, well, God can do that for you. If you take out that step, and I'll, I'll give you the, the plan towards the end of this lesson here tonight in just a little bit. But if we are willing to become obedient to him, these things can become personal for every one of us. Noah's family entered the ark. The nation of Israel obeyed the law of Moses. The crowd in Acts chapter 2 was baptized after hearing the message of Pentecost. But in addition to the collective observance of God's instructions, the reality is that each of us makes the choice whether to or whether not to obey God. Each of us makes that decision deep down inside of us as well. It can't be our parents. It can't be our spouse. It can't be our pastor that makes that decision for us, but it must be us that says, okay, God, I heard about it tonight, and so I want to obey your word. As much as I would love to, I can't go down in the baptismal tank for you and, and have your sins washed clean just as mine are, but you have to be the one that goes down inside of that baptismal tank to have your sins washed clean. And so God wants this to become personal. He wants it to become a relationship with you where he doesn't just speak through some high priest and that's the only word that we hear, but he wants to have a conversation with every one of us when we go to bed at night, when, when we're inside of our households, when we're inside of the church atmosphere. He wants to have that relationship. And so at the end of our story, we will all stand before God as individuals when he opens up the book of life. And we are responsible for our own obedience and cannot rely on the actions of others. It's pretty huge when you begin to think of it that way, that at some point you'll be standing before God and you will be the one who has to answer for your actions and the things that you did, whether or not you were obedient to the things that God had proclaimed. And so let's not wait any longer, but let's tonight begin to say, I want to make a commitment to obey God, to obey the things that he has spoken to me. And if I don't fully understand it, then I'm going to make a commitment to research it out and figure it out so that right now I can decide whether or not this is the way that God wants me to go or the obedience that he wants me to begin to walk through in Jesus' name. 
And so we see this here in this story, that there is a strong parallel between Noah's obedience in building the ark and our obedience to the gospel message, that there is a strong parallel inside of this. And I want to show this to you. It says that it was by faith that Noah was obedient and that he found salvation. Hebrews 11.7 says this. Look at those first three words there, the first two words. By faith, Noah. By faith, Noah began to do these. It's not because Noah had some storybook that was telling him how to, to you know, miraculously what was going to happen in the plan, the beginning from the end and all this sort of stuff. But no, God just asked him to do something. And Noah said, by faith, I am going to begin to do this. It goes on to say in the scripture there that by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as of yet, moved with pure uh, fear, prepared the ark for the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of all of of the righteousness which is by faith again it's repeating that word over and over and over again let me read this in a different version by faith noah when he was warned about things not yet seen with reverent regard constructed an ark for the deliverance of his family and it was through faith that he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. There's a certain part of this that says no matter how much we try, no matter how much we desire to know every piece about God, no matter how much we want to understand how all of those animals were fit inside of the ark, no matter how much we want to know why it is water that washes people's sins away when they are baptized, we we can search until we're blue in the face, but we will never truly understand these things until God explains them to us in heaven one day if we even remember to ask him those questions. And so there's some things in our lives that we must begin to say, by faith, Scripture states this. And by faith, God has asked my obedience in this way. And so by faith, I am going to begin to walk the way that God has asked me to walk. I understand that some things that we proclaim in this church don't truly make sense at the beginning part of, of maybe understanding it. And, and maybe it's some confusion there in, in various places. And, and maybe we're, we're questioning certain aspects of that. But we can still say, you know what, it is inside of the scripture. And if it is there, then I am willing to obey it and to step out on faith because this is what God has asked me to do. It, it does not make sense to me, these people who proclaim that the Holy Spirit infilling us is not for us today. Or the people who say that speaking in tongues is not a part of that or the people that say that jesus name baptism isn't what is evident inside of the new testament if you read it through you will see over and over again numerous people person after person that as soon as they heard the apostles message they said you know what i want to be baptized and if they had been baptized some other way they said man i want to be baptized in jesus name because that is what god has asked me to do and then you will see times when they are filled with the spirit of god and they begin to speak in other tongues as god filled them with his spirit. And so I can stand here and testify to you with today in confidence that if you are willing to obey him and stop disregarding everything that he has done because it doesn't make sense, then he will begin to bless your life with things that you could not understand or even begin to fathom in Jesus' name. So I encourage you tonight to become obedient unto him. When we first start our Christian walk, we don't understand what we're truly getting into. We, we, we truly don't. I didn't. I used to make fun of people in the church because of the way that they worshipped and that sort of stuff. I mean, there was the one-handed thing in the finger, uh, you know, somebody who worshipped that way. I remember it very particularly when I was a, a young kid, and I used to think, man, that's a silly way to worship God and all these different things because I was so used to a different lifestyle. But when I began to see in Scripture that this is what God had required, then I began to take a small step and say, well, if they're doing it and if Scripture says to do it, then I'm going to become obedient, obedient as well. And pretty soon soon I began to move from the back row to the next row and began to make my way down front because I felt that that was where God wanted me to sit during church so that I can glean more from what was going on there. I just began to take these small little steps and I began to tell you that as I took those steps, God began to fill another piece. And each time I took that step, man, it was like a big rush of water would, would hit me and I would feel so refreshed and thankful for what God was doing and, and what he was moving in. It's like, man, I can keep going with this and I can move to the next step in the next place. And so if you become obedient to him, he is willing to do some incredible things in your life here tonight in Jesus' 
name. So we're thankful for that. We're thankful for what God is doing in every one of our lives. And so continuing on with this lesson here tonight, it says that Noah's obedience to God also meant that he lived differently than the unrighteous world around him. He lived differently than the world around him. Now, I, I understand, and I'm, I'm probably going to walk on, on some eggshells here saying some of these things, but, but I understand that we proclaim things like holiness in this church and being separated from the world. It's not because we are better than anybody, and I want you to dismiss that thought right away, that it is not because we are, are better than anybody else that we, we ask and we proclaim these things, but they are actual, actual scriptural things that like Noah, he had to separate himself and live differently. He had to say, I'm not going to attend certain events. I'm not going to drink or partake of certain things. I'm not going to be in, in particular places that begin to show me too close to sin or to the things that this world is doing all around me. And believe me, if it was only him and his family that were living righteous, there had to be a huge temptation around him to say, man, that stuff around us looks like a lot of fun and we're just a, a small group of people out of maybe millions of people that were on the planet at that time. I mean, if you, if you looked around, he had to feel like he was singled out like no other at that particular point in time, but he was still willing to live righteously to God and say, God, if you have asked me to live a certain way, to dress a certain way, to walk a certain way, to get rid of certain language inside of my vocabulary, then God, I am willing to do it because it is an obedience unto you. And so, this is at the core pursuit of holiness, learning to separate ourselves to God and away from the world. If you ever want to try to truly discover God, then you must begin to make sure that there's certain things that aren't tainting your life that used to taint your life. I'm not speaking about becoming perfect in an instant here by any means. We all have to take steps and we will never get to that place because Jesus was the only one that could hold that title, but we can certainly get to a place where we see the word perfection in Scripture, which means complete, where we, we have continued to work daily to get rid of things that God has asked us to get rid of and to put on things that He has asked us to put on and, and, and continue forward in. And as we do that and as we repent from those things that maybe we were ignorant of inside of our lives, then, then we will see God begin to work inside of us. This is a key aspect of obedience. It's a key aspect of, of living for him. It's not that we are working our way to heaven by any sense. That, and that's another false idea that churches get put on, that, that we are working our way to heaven by, by doing these certain things. That is not true. That is not why we are doing these things, but we are doing them because we want to be obedient unto God and what he has asked us. And so Noah turned from his corrupt generation, and we must repent and pursue holiness or the things that God has asked us to pursue, that we aren't ashamed to go into places, and that if God asks us to pray for somebody, then, then we begin to do it, that we aren't ashamed of, of things that God asks us to begin to do. I can tell you that there are certain ways that I will never dress in public because I just I do not want to dishonor God in particular ways. There are certain slogans or logos that I won't put on my stuff because I don't want to dishonor God. But it even goes deeper than that, that on our social media, there are things that I will not post or I will not put on there because it is not being obedient to God in what he is doing. Could I get on there and begin to blast the government and these other things like other people are doing? Absolutely. But is that bringing uh, glory to God? Is that obeying what he wants me to do inside of my life? It's a question that you can begin to ask yourself when you begin to post in Jesus' name. And so we see this in our next point here that it says this, the very water that destroyed the world in the flood is the same water that saved Noah's family as they floated on its surface. It's the same water that did both. It destroyed the world, but it also saved Noah and his family. We see this as a type and shadow that the next step in our walk with Christ is to go down in the waters of baptism in Jesus' name. I get so excited when we have baptisms here at the church and maybe we should post some of our videos of baptisms and we, you know, we're having a record number this year and God was doing some good things with that, but I'm believing that it's going to continue just as strong when we can get back into church and dwell together 
in Jesus' name, but you all have felt it when you stand around that baptismal and you see somebody who has never experienced a sin-free life go down in that water and come out of that water and you can begin to see every one of those sins just washed away. You know, it's an amazing thing that we drain that baptismal out and that water goes down the drain and that sort of thing. And You can just see the sin that, that was washed away in that beginning to go down the drain. Now again, I don't understand why it is water that God has asked us to be baptized in and why that is the, the thing that washes away all of our sins. I know it resembles a bunch of different things, but I don't know the, the magical thing, the, the part of it or whatever. All that I know is that God says that if we are baptized in water by his promises, then our sins are washed away. And so again, by faith and obedience to his word, we can have all of our sins washed away. All that we have to begin to say again is, God, I want to obey you. I want to listen to you. I want to listen to your things and what you have for me in Jesus' name. I love what Pastor Carnahan said the, the other night, that some of these, these amazing preachers that can come and, and, and see many different people filled with the Holy Ghost in a revival service or whatever it may be, or these, these preachers that can prophesy or do these incredible things, in all reality, if you begin to search out their life, they're, they're very, very simple people. They're, they're not just these, these people who, whose minds are, you know, amaze you or that sort of thing, but, but they are very simple people, and they're very simple in the fact that they have not tried to, to, to gain all, all this craziness inside of their, their lives or this wisdom and all this sort of stuff, but they have just said, God, whatever you have for me, that's what I want to listen to at this particular point in time. God, that if you have said I need to be baptized and receive your Holy Ghost, then those are the two things that I'm going to focus on before I even begin to desire to prophesy or to pray somebody else through and that sort of thing. Scripture says what, gain, uh, what will a man gain if he gains the whole world yet loses his own soul? And I think it's bringing up something very powerful there that there are people who seek the power and the miracles and the greatness and these things of God. And that's not a bad thing to seek that out, but they seek it more so than the simple things that, they're, that, that God wants them to do right now at this particular place. So we must begin to be obedient to God. Not that uh, he's not going to ever do those things inside of our life, but let's start with the small things, the simple things. Let him develop those things in our lives before we get to these places where we begin to challenge people and begin to challenge stuff with, with scripture and, and all of that inside of our lives. And so on multiple occasions when teaching Bible studies, teachers have been asked, why did God choose water baptism to remove our sins? And the honest answer is that we cannot fully explain this. There is a symbolism in washing the body that parallels the washing of our soul in the submerging of the body in the water with our burial with Christ. But something more is going on. The God who spoke the world into existence could easily forgive our sins with a spoken word, but he chose to require us to perform an action in faith to enact the remission of our sins. That faith in action, demonstrated as an act of obedience in baptism, is pleasing to God. So why water? The answer to this question does not really matter, but what is important is that we are obedient to the command to be baptized in Jesus' name. And this continues forward over and over again, that we are obedient to receiving his gift of the Holy Ghost, the promise that is there, that we are obedient to living faithfully unto him, that we don't just say once saved, always saved, because that's not true either, but we're willing to say, man, I am going to show up in church, and I'm going to worship God, and I'm going to obey him, because his scripture says that he will meet me there, and he will meet me in prayer in Jesus' name, and because the scripture says that, I am going to obey it and listen to it, in Jesus' name. Remember, I'm, we're talking about finding the favor of God tonight. And so this brings us to our last point here tonight that says this, that just as Noah found God's favor and salvation through his obedience, we also find God's favor and salvation in our obedience to the gospel, or this book that is never waving, never changing, and that sort of thing. I can say one of the things that has frustrated me so much so going through these times on my job is the lack of leadership on that, the lack of somebody saying, hey, here's the, 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 the problem, here's the direction we're going to take, let's begin to take action and steps towards it. I like it when I have leadership like that inside of my life that says, here's the problem, let's begin to develop a solution to walk 
towards it. And so we must begin to do that as well inside of our own lives, that we begin to take action to, uh, upon the things that are inside of our lives, that we don't just begin to say, you know, I'll, I'll get to it tomorrow or the next day, or we give a roundabout answer to those things, but we say, right now, I am going to take this thing and I am going to conquer it. I'm going to win. I'm going to obey and listen to Jesus Christ. And so I want you to answer this question carefully, cautiously, and I, you don't need to necessarily answer it on uh, the live stream tonight, but does your life reflect God's favor? Does your life reflect God's favor? Have you listened to the things that he asked you to be obedient to in Jesus' name? Have you listened to the things that he has asked you to, to begin to take steps towards inside of your life? Does your life reflect God's favor? And it's something that if we begin to search every one of our hearts, I think God will begin to speak to every one of us about something here tonight in Jesus' Name. And so I want to read this scripture here to show you about the obedience of God one last time. And then we're going to pray that God would reveal to us if there's things in our lives that we have not listened to him about. And we're going to pray that God would take us to his favor as a result of listening to that in Jesus' name. It says this, Stop! A voice yelled out in the darkness. Don't kill yourself. We are still here. The jailer's sword drawn paused. And if the voice had come a moment later, it would have been too late. Just a few minutes before, he had been sound asleep. And when suddenly there was this massive earthquake, the ground shook so violently that everything tumbled off the table and shelves of his quarters at the front of the prison. And the jailer was so shaken right out of bed and onto the floor. It was the middle of the night, and as he fumbled to light a candle, he peered into the darkness, and from the dim light of the candle in his hand, he knew immediately that all the prison doors were open. This was bad, really bad, and he was responsible for all of these prisoners. He knew that his life would be forfeited if they escaped. He thought it was better to kill himself now than to suffer at the hands of the executioner in the morning. But a voice was calling out from the innermost cell of the dungeon, saying everything was okay. And when the jailer came to the cell, he recognized the two men who were brought in earlier that day. They were badly beaten for doing something that almost started a riot in the town marketplace. And now they were sitting peacefully on the floor, smiling at him, and the shackles he had put on their feet were laying open beside them. As he looked at their bruised faces and the cuts on their bodies, he realized something was different about them, that these were not ordinary prisoners. Shaking with awe and with fear, the jailer, jailer fell down before them, and he asked who they were. The jailer then brought them out of their cell into his quarters, and as they talked, Paul and Silas told them who they were, that they were messengers of some God named Jesus. He said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? The jailer asked. Then they told him to believe on the good news about Jesus and explain the Hebrew scriptures to him. Right then, in the middle of the night, the jailer woke up his family. They all listened to the instructions of Paul and Silas while the jailer washed and treated their wounds. And when the two prisoners finished explaining repentance and baptism, the entire family was immediately baptized and became part of the body of Christ. Both Noah and the Philippian jailer Show us that when we are obedient to God, he will bless us with his favor. Noah obeyed God and was spared from the destruction of the flood. And the Philippian jailer was obedient to the gospel message. And the entire family was baptized. To find God's favor, we must also obey the gospel by responding in faith, finding repentance, being baptized in Jesus' name, and receiving the gift of his holy Spirit. So tonight, let's become obedient unto those things. That if you have not been baptized, please reach out to us for a Bible study. Let's have a, a baptism here in Jesus' name. We can fill the tank and we can do that here as well. And if you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, please do not give up on your obedience of trying and searching to be filled with that Holy Ghost. Because just because we do not have a service here, I am believing that God is still going to fill some with the Holy Ghost here in Jesus' name, that He can do that 
by his obedience. But let's all begin to search our hearts tonight that we find the favor of God, that if there is something we have not been doing, maybe before this coronavirus, maybe uh, during services, that's something we need to be doing for households, that we would begin to obey and do it now tonight to find the favor of God. Let's lift our hands together. If you want to stand tonight, you can in Jesus' name. Lord God, we have learned so greatly tonight, Jesus, that you uh, spared Noah from destruction, God, upon this water, Jesus, that you have given us a type and a shadow here, Lord, that if we are willing to obey you, God, if we are willing to live righteously unto you, God, and listen to the things that you have spoken, then absolutely your hand will come down and bless us, God, that you will pour your spirit into our households, God, and upon every person. And Lord, I am believing it tonight, God, that there are those who are searching, God, those who are seeking, God, those who have never known you before, Lord Jesus. And tonight, I believe, Lord, that you will fill their household, God, with that rushing mighty wind, God, with that flame above their heads, Jesus, Lord, that just as the book of Acts, God, Lord, you can let your presence move, God, and challenge those spirits of darkness, God, that have came against so many. And Jesus, we are thankful, Lord. We are believing that tonight, Lord, that as we walk in obedience, Jesus, that you will be there with us, Lord, and that we can rejoice, God, and give you praise and thanks, God, as your spirit dwells in our midst. Jesus, we are so thankful so thankful for who you are and what you have done here tonight in Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands together and praise him and thank him for that wonderful spirit tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We are so thankful that you were here with us tonight for this Bible study. I'm believing that God is doing wonderful things for you all. Again, if, if you have any testimonies, anything that you want to give God the glory for, please text me those. I will put them on our website. And again, if you uh, remember with the podcast that if you uh, had used that Podbean app, you now have to switch to a different one. But it's, it's just as easy. All our podcasts are still there can participate in those and so we're praying for you we're believing with you we're excited for the time when we can be back together in church in jesus name and here but we know that god is blessing some households in jesus name so let's obey god tonight let's make that decision and trust in him and we thank god for that have a wonderful night enjoy your family in jesus name